Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Great. Well, we are, we are living in really prophetic days at the moment. There is a lot changing in the world. Uh, the news, you look at that every day. There's things going on, things changing on an international level. And without going into details, you'll all be aware of all the different things going on in the Middle East and with the States and different nations and, and North Korea and, and everything else that's, that's kind of happening. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot that is, is taking place. And then yesterday, how many of you watched the Royal Wedding? How many of you are fed up of it? No. And uh, again, you know, uh, who, who knows what that will end up meaning in terms of uh, those two getting married. Uh, but again, it's, it's, it's all part of the change that's taking place in our culture, in society, how people perceive, whether it's the royal family or, or whatever context, there's a lot changing and, and, and going on uh, at this time. And it's important that no matter what is going on, that we are really firmly rooted in the truth of God's word. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot that is going on in the nations and a lot of it is driven by emotion. Most people live their lives on emotion. How they feel about something, uh, their response to something, their reaction to something. So if we take Brexit for example, there's a lot of stuff in the news about Brexit and there's a lot of internal wrangles within Parliament across the parties and then obviously within the, the actual government itself. Uh, people trying to slow it down, drag anchors trying to make it difficult. The Lords are opposing just about everything to do with Brexit for whatever reason. And, and <clears throat> there's a lot of emotion then that is stirred up. And so the economy is affected uh, not because people are trying to make really wise strategic decisions, because of all the emotion that is stirred up and therefore it affects what people are projecting might happen or what they feel might happen. So stock markets change more on feel than actually uh, facts and definite things that are taking place. Then people respond to what's said on the news about how they're going to spend their money or what they're going to do with this, that or the other based on, well, fear or emotion and all of that that takes place. So a lot of the world actually is driven by emotion and pe what people think is going to take place. Now, you and I as believers, we're not called to live by emotion. We're called to live by the truth of God's word. And <clears throat> that has to be rooted in our relationship with God. Not just truth that we know in terms of our minds, but the reality of truth that we experience in our relationship with God, the reality of his truth that we experience in our lives with him, but then also we live our lives in relation to the truth of God's word so that decisions we make every day of our lives in the moment, moment by moment that we live, but also decisions that are maybe bigger ones than just in the moment, lots of little decisions we make every day about how we respond to this, what we're going to say or not say, am I going to get annoyed with this or not, uh, how am I going to handle this, you know, lots of the little decisions every day. But there's also bigger decisions we make every day, you know, not, maybe not every day, that are kind of really life-changing or important decisions 
And we don't make those according to our emotions or even the facts of the circumstances. We make decisions in our lives based on the truth of who God is, what his word says, but also what he's saying to us through his word, because he is the rock and the foundation of our life that we stand on and we base everything on. So if we, if we don't live on the rock or by the truth of what God's saying, then we're effectively living our lives on the sand that shift and move and change according to somebody's fad or fancy or trend or emotion or thought or perception. And those things and shift change because of circumstances and facts. Whereas we don't live by those, we live by the truth of who God is and by his word. Are you, are you with me today, right? So what... Well, if you can turn to Matthew chapter 13, we're going to kind of link it into last week and some of the testimonies about freedom and what God is, is doing in people's lives because when we encounter him in his truth, his truth overtakes the facts. When we encounter him in his truth, the truth overtakes and changes circumstances. Are you with me? So the, there might be a fact in your life that says you have a problem in your body. You might have a sickness, an illness, some kind, something that's going on in your body. Now that might be a fact, okay? That is there. But, we, but then we say, but we know that the truth of God's word is that Jesus is the healer. Amen. So then you say, well the fact is I have, a, I have a, an illness or a problem, but the truth says that Jesus is my healer and by his stripes I am healed. The word doesn't say, by his truth, I will be healed, or by the, his stripes, so it says, by his stripes, I have been healed. So therefore, we have a, a, a situation where the fact says something, the truth says something different to the fact. Now, by acknowledging the truth, we're not saying we're denying the fact and pretending it just doesn't exist because I only want to believe the truth. No, this is where, if the truth says one thing, but the facts are different, what I want to do then is not just look at the truth, uh, the fact, and say, well, the fact says this, the truth can't be true. What I want to do is look at the truth and say, right, if the truth says Jesus is my healer, by his stripes I have been healed, I want a revelation of that truth so that then I apply that truth to the fact and the fact changes because I, I receive my healing. Therefore, the sickness goes so the truth overtakes the fact. Are you with me there? You, right? So you apply that in any circumstance in your life. In our lives, facts can say this. Circumstances can say that. The problem says this. The challenge says that. But then what we need to do is say, okay, but what does the truth say? Often in our lives, what we want to do when we have a challenge is we say, God, please just get me out of here. It's like that celebrity program. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. You know, I can't... But actually, the whole purpose of that is to go through the challenge in that, pro, in that TV program and you come out the other side and you get stars for food or whatever it is, you know, they give you in that program. Now, often I think God doesn't want to just lift us out of the situation. He says, no, what I want to do is I want, I want to take you through it because I'm with you. And what I want you to do is apply the truth of who I am because the truth, the truth isn't just a few words in a book. The truth is who Jesus is. So when he speaks to us, he doesn't just want to tell us a truth, he wants to reveal something of himself in our lives. Because the truth is a person. 
And so he wants to reveal something of who he is in our lives so that we take hold of him more, not just the truth, but actually take hold of him more so that I see him working in me in the middle of the situation to come through it, to break through it, to come through the other side, not live under it and be defeated by it. Are you there? Right? So when he speaks, he wants to reveal something of his nature and his character. He wants to reveal himself so that I take a hold of that and say, right, in the middle of this, God wants to bring me through the other side. Why? Because the testing of my faith produces perseverance and perseverance produces character, that spiritual character. If God just lifted us out every time, we would never develop that spiritual, (coughs) excuse me, that spiritual character and strength that you need to face the challenges of life out there. And so our faith is proved genuine by the challenges that we find ourselves in, the circumstances of life, and how we apply the truth to live in victory in the middle of a challenge to come through it on the other side so that we are then victors and not victims. So those of you that have been through freedom, you know that the 12-week curriculum, the whole purpose of that is to basically submerge ourselves in the truth of God's word to see what does he say about us, what identity do I have in him, what does that mean when then I take hold of the word in my life and speak it and declare it and believe it, how do I apply it so that the truth changes the facts so that I then live free in my life. Because you know when you live free, you can go forward into the purposes of God more confidently, more boldly, and you see more fruit happen in your life. Why? Because you're free. When there's areas in our lives where we're not free, in that sense, it's like trying to walk with a, with a drag anchor or a ball and chain around. And, and, and what we find is we have to come back and, try and, and deal with this and sort it out so that we're then free to move forward into everything that God has for us. And it's not just about what God does in us so that it's for us. It's then what he enables us to see happen in other people's lives because free people can lead free people. Free people can see others come into that same freedom. So what, whatever's going on in you, whatever that life, that overflowing life is in you, that's what can overflow into other people's lives, okay? So let's have a look at Matthew 13. And this is one of the, the parables that we've been reading. I don't know if you've noticed on the uh, daily readings that we're doing, at the moment all the New Testament ones during this month of May are all parables. Have you noticed that? Maybe, hopefully. You've noticed they're parables and, uh, and, and they're just life application things. And next month in June, all the New Testament stuff is going to be geared around healing, healing and miracles. So we're going to have a month of healing and miracles in June. Is that alright? How many of you want to see a load more healings and miracles and not just in here, but God activating that in our lives so that we see it in our lives around the people that need it, that we're reaching out to. Whether they know Jesus or not, you know, we, we want to see a greater release of, of healings and miracles and God at work. Anybody up for a bit of that? Yeah. Great. So we're gonna, June's going to be a bit more of that kind of month. So there'll be more happening on Sundays in, in line with that uh, uh, as well. So this parable is Matthew 13, and he's talking about uh, the parable of the weeds. So I just want to read this, make a few comments, and then we're going to like, make some declarations together. Jesus told them this parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. This is verse 24 onwards of Matthew 13. This is now 25. 
While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your, in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? And the man replied, an enemy did this. The owner replied, an enemy did this. And the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring into my barn. Then just flip over to verse 36, because there's a couple of other parables in between. And then when we come to verse 36, the disciples come back to Jesus, or when they're with him, in, in, uh, and say, Jesus, can you explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field? And he answered, the one who sowed the, the good seed is the son of man. That's, that was Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. So if you know God, this is, that's you then, a son of the kingdom, a child of the kingdom. Uh, and the, and uh, the weeds are the sons of the evil one. Now, what does that mean? It means those that are, who do not know Jesus yet are under the influence of, of, of the evil one, the devil, right? And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. So Jesus here is speaking about, uh, uh, giving a parable, okay, about what is going on now today, You've got wheat growing and you've got weeds growing uh, and there's going to be a harvest at the end of days, okay, where the angels are then going to come, according to Jesus, and bring the harvest in. Verse 40, As the weeds are pulled up and buried in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, if you read that out and explained that in our culture today, loads of people would be offended. That is not a politically correct sounding parable that Jesus is speaking there. Because it's black and white. If you know God, you're going to have eternity with him. If you don't know God, you're going to have an eternity without him. You're going to be thrown, it's not very, not, you know. But Jesus is being clear. But he's not doing it, standing on a soapbox, telling everybody, you know, you're going to burn in hell because you're this, that and the other. Because the heart of God is different than condemnation. The heart of God is redemption and salvation for mankind, for people. Now, let's just kind of go back to the beginning of this. In, uh, in the first part, when he actually gives the parable... He says, he talks about the, the, the owner sowing wheat, but then also somebody at night uh, came and put weeds among the wheat and then went away. Now, in, the, in our modern translations, it, it, it just says weeds, which is more what we would think are the really, you know, just stuff, the weeds that are going to choke the, uh, the, the, the wheat. But actually, when you look at the King James Version, it has a different word for weeds. Uh, for weed. It has the word tares, okay? Now, it means something slightly different than just weeds, just the rubbish that's in the garden, okay, that wants to grow up. The word tear actually means false grain. So when Jesus is speaking here, he's saying that the owner of the field sows good seed, 
but then the enemy comes and sows false seed. Now, we live in a culture where truth, in terms of what we believe as, as, as Christians and what the Bible talks about as truth, is becoming seen as false, and things that we wouldn't agree with that were not acceptable how many years ago as you know, false things are now being seen as truth. So there's like a reversal going on in our culture and our society. And Jesus speaks of it here, saying that the enemy comes and sows false truths. So the enemy is known as the, the, the deceiver of the brethren or the father of lies. So what does the enemy do? He sows lies and deceit. He, he sows false grain into people's lives, into culture, into society, into the world, right? So what happens in this scenario? The servants come and they say, they say uh, hey, master, there's weeds or there's tares or there's false grain that is now growing up and is going to choke the wheat. What should we do? Should we remove it? And the owner says, no, if you try and remove it, you'll only pull out all the wheat and we'll end up having nothing. Now, it's interesting what goes on because most of the time we think weeds are negative, and they are. And we don't often think something positive can come out of a weed or a tear in this moment doing and helping what is good to produce something that is even more healthy. So what happens in this scenario is if you have a wheat field and, and the tares are there trying to grow around the stalk of the wheat to try and choke it from producing a, a, a becoming fruit or producing a harvest, what happens when, when a stalk has a tear growing up around it, the, the, the stalk has a decision. Now, am I going to just stand here and take it and end up being throttled and strangled and end up falling over and dying? Or am I actually going to go deeper... And, and find some strength in the soil and nutrients in the soil to not only feed the stalk, but to help the head of grain that comes and the ears that are going to come from it. And basically that's what takes place in a wheat field. So when the tares are growing up, the wheat goes deeper to basically resist the tear and what it's trying to do, which produces life growing up into the stalk, which then produces a stronger head of grain and ears of grain, which then actually produces a stronger harvest, a more fruitful harvest. Uh, are you there? Are you with me? So Jesus understands, look, you know, if you're going to believe in me and walk in me and know me, you, you, you're a stalk of wheat, and, but there are going to be tares. There's the deceitfulness of life and the deceitfulness of the enemy. There are challenging circumstances, challenging situations that are going to try and grow around you, throttle you, and take the life out of you so that you end up despairing and giving up and saying, I have no hope. But actually, in the midst of those circumstances, like Jesus says, I'm not just going to tear out the weeds, the negative, and get rid of it. And I'm not either just going to pull you out of it at this moment. What you actually need to do is live in the middle of this field, the world, and in order to know me, to stand firm, in amongst all the challenges, you need to go deeper with me. You need to take a hold of who I am so that you, you are constantly speaking life over your life so that no matter what comes against you, there's strength coming up on the inside that doesn't just enable you to survive, but also to resist and throw off and break off the tears so that you live free from those things. Now, all that you need... Jesus is saying, is within you. So when we have Christ in us, we have everything we need in us to have that victory and to see that take place. 
So Jesus is speaking about a harvest, the harvest, the ultimate one, when he returns and what's going to take place. But, but how we live our, our, our life today and the decisions we make in the everyday moments of life determine what that harvest is actually going to look like. So the choices you and I make today are, are really important in the purposes of God, okay? So what does this mean? So it means in terms of growing in faith, that's connected with growing in our relationship with God. So what we believe, we're going to speak. What we believe, we speak. What we believe, we live and apply in our lives. Whatever is in our hearts is then expressed through our lips. So those of you who have been through freedom, uh, you know that during the, the curriculum, the 12 weeks, and being in the small group and, and everything, it's, it's helping you, how do I use the word in my life? And then you know at the encounter, at the end of each session, there's a whole lot of truth that we declare. There's declarations that we make. Now we do that as a church. We take hold of the word and we speak it and declare it. But we, we need to know that we place our lives under the words that we speak. There are many words out there constantly speaking to us about what life is like, what the society is like, what the culture is like, what the latest this, that and the other is like. There's many, many words constantly coming at us all the time that are trying to shape how we think, shape how we feel, to get us to respond, to go and buy this, do that and be the other. And we're bombarded with words and images all the time. And so we need to understand, and I know we do, that, that we place our lives under the words we speak. So what we speak is so important. So important. <clears throat> so there might be something going on uh, in our lives, uh, a challenge, a circumstance, might be a sickness, could be something. And what we want to do in the middle of that is say, right, I'm not going to place my life under certain words that keep me there. What I'm going to do is take a hold of what God says in his word about who he is and therefore who I am to come through that on the other side. So that, I'm not, that I don't become defeated, but I actually overcome. All right? As soon as we stop affirming the positive, as soon as we stop affirming the truth, we begin to come under the negative. There's a constant battle going on, okay, in our lives. And that's why we, we need to constantly be making sure that what is in our mouth or what is in our hearts is then in our mouth and what's in our mouth comes from our hearts. So how many of you have breakfast this morning? Maybe some of you don't have breakfast. Um, but you know when you've got your mouth full, you know, how many of you when you're growing up, you know, you're eating and, and then you're trying to talk with your mouth full and, and stuff just splurged out of your mouth because, uh, you know, it's all right, Dave. I'm sure you've done it. And... Um, <laughs> That, uh, that, you know, if you've got your mouth full and, then, and you're trying to say something, it, 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 nobody understands what you're talking about. It's like, what are you saying? So you can't, you can't speak with your mouth full. So therefore, you translate that. One of the things, if we are, if we are filling our mouths, if I can put it this way, with, with truth and with what God says, then our mouth is too full for something negative to come out. So what we eat determines what goes in here, and what's in here then determines what comes out of there. And so we want to be eating and chewing on the truth. We want our mouth to be full of what God says so that there's no place for something negative that puts us under something. But instead, when we take hold of his word, and, and, and the Bible says faith comes by 
hearing. And, and when we read the word, the Holy Spirit can, can bring faith. But then when we get hold of it in the middle of our feelings that say, well, the facts are this and I feel like this and my emotions are that, that still doesn't change what the truth is. But when we get hold of the truth, that begins to then change what's going on over here. Sometimes we need to make a decision where it says, right, I, I am now, I know everything within me says, oh, I don't feel like saying the truth, it feels like this, the circumstances are that, it just feels like I'm never going to get a victory, I'm not going to overcome. And actually sometimes we just need to say, right, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start right now. And I'm going to, in the face of that, I'm going to begin to speak what God says to me or about the situation and, and just begin to speak. Father, I thank you that you are my victory. Even though my feelings say something else, I thank you that you are my victory. Jesus, I thank you that in you right now I can overcome everything that is going on around me. So, Father, I thank you that you give me joy right now. I can rejoice in you over the circumstances. I can give thanks that you're with me, that you're leading me and bringing me through the other side. Father, I thank you that you're my healer, for example. And I thank you right now for your healing grace in my body, that your healing power overtakes the facts and the sickness. Father, I rejoice in you right now. And, and what are you doing? You're not, trying to, you're not trying to psych yourself up with gritted teeth to try and get your feelings to change. It's like, have my feelings changed yet? Do I, you know? No, you're, you're saying, right, at this moment, I'm not going to focus on this. What I'm going to do is focus on who you are and just stand there and, and lift my hands and begin to rejoice and begin to declare who you are, who I am, and just speak the truth and edify my spirit man and build up my spirit man and just build up who I am so that I'm actually beginning to move and say, yeah. And so maybe after a few minutes, you then begin to genuinely sound a bit more like, oh, Father, I thank you. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. And faith begins to rise up in you and therefore a conviction begins to rise up. And then you go, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you, G. And then it moves from being, I'm applying the truth right now because I need to make sure that my mouth is full of the truth. And then it becomes, and as you do that, it sinks lower and lower and lower and lower until suddenly what bubbles up is, yes, that's it. I agree with it now in my spirit. And I'm not just doing it because I know I need to because it's the right thing to do to change this into this. Are, are you with me? All right. So... Uh, so what does the Holy Spirit do in this? The Holy Spirit will always lead us to speak and act in a positive way. The Holy Spirit won't come into agreement with this place. Okay, so if we're having a tough time or this is that trying to overcome us or circumstances are challenging, the Holy Spirit is not going to come and go, there, there, you'll be alright, you'll be okay. It's alright. The Holy Spirit is not going to come and be emotional with you. Okay, what the Holy Spirit will do is say, Oi! Over here! And, uh, and, and you go, yeah, I know. And the Holy Spirit says, I know you know, but come over here. This is where your victory is. And what the Holy Spirit will do is encourage you, come on, begin to move over here. So in the middle of this thing here, this is where you begin to do this. This is where you begin to just begin to speak or rejoice or begin to worship Him and thank Him for victory. And as you're doing that, what begins to happen is you begin to move from there to here and, and then you begin to go, that's it, that, I have the victory, I'm not there now, I'm here. Because of something that goes off on the inside. So let's stand together, shall we? Short, sharp word. We're going to make some declarations this morning, is that okay? Now there might be different things in different moments that you know that really applies to me right now, okay? 
but, uh, you, but take it, all right? So I'm going to say something, you repeat it, but rather than just making it a, 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 a repetitive thing, really think about exactly what you're saying, and if you know there's a particular line or two or three lines where you're like, right, that's mine right now, that's it, uh, I'm having that this morning, then take a hold of it, okay? So don't, try not to do this just as a, a, a thing at the end of the, the message, but take hold of it. So maybe just close your eyes just to help you for a few moments. Maybe just in your heart right now, I'm going to take hold of the truth now and it's going to overtake facts. It's going to overtake lies of the enemy. It's going to overtake negativity. It's gonna, my, it's gonna, it's, this is greater than my emotions and what I'm feeling. Even though the circumstances or whatever might be shouting really loudly, I thank you, Father, that your, your word is stronger than any noise of, of the enemy or, or circumstances. So you ready? Okay. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a member of the body of Christ. And the devil's lies have no power over me. I will fear no evil because God is with me. His word and his spirit, they comfort me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Therefore, I will not be afraid of the terrors of the night or, the, or fear the dangers of the day. The Lord is on my side. Therefore, I will not fear. Fear you have no hold on my life. So I break off any fear now. Because my trust is in God. What can man do to me? My righteousness is of the Lord. And whatever I do will prosper. I am like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I am delivered from the evil of this present world. For this is God's will for me. No evil will befall me. Neither will any plague come near me. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. He has given angels charge over me. They keep me in all his ways. I take the shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Christ is my victory. Therefore, I am an overcomer. Jesus has never known defeat. Therefore, I will not know defeat. Only victory. Because he is my victory. I am submitted to God. So the devil has to flee from me. I overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of my testimony. 
Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So today I will not live in defeat. I will not live choked by the enemy. I resist all attacks of the enemy. And today I will live in victory as an overcomer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's thank Him. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.